Hello everyone, Art Burns here. I hope you're all having a great day today. So yesterday I talked about how one of the biggest obstacles for people to reduce the stress that their bodies are experiencing and therefore, you know, increase their health and, and reduce risks to their health. You know, one of the biggest obstacles to this is the fact that most people don't even realize how much stress they're experiencing in their bodies, right? And, um, and I say that, that you're experiencing stress in your body, right? Because there is a very big and important distinction between the stress that your body is feeling and the stressors that cause the stress that your body's feeling, right? Because the, the, the fact of the matter is that we're always gonna have things come up in our lives, right? You know, no matter what it is, we're going to have, you know, no matter, I should say, no matter where we live, no matter what we do for a living, no matter what we're, you know, our life is all about, there are going to be stressors, right? But the stressors are only translated into stress in our body when you know we have control over that process right it only happens when we feel an emotional sense of fear about what it is that's going on okay and i'm going to explain that again in, in, a, in a minute in a little bit more detail but first i want to talk about again how how it is that most of us come to the fact that we don't even realize how much stress we're, we're experiencing right and i mean whether we're internalizing it whether we're just you know not allowing ourselves to acknowledge it or we just simply don't see it right and, and a lot of times the, the the last part is the key right for most people right we just don't see it happening right many many of us right we we come out of the carefree days of our youth right like how many times do you look back and say like oh gosh when i was in high school or maybe college if you went to college you know back then i thought i had responsibilities you know i thought things were difficult when i had to worry about homework and test scores and stuff like that right but it was only when you got into the real world and you had real res you know financial responsibilities you know obligations to a family um <clears throat> you know things of this nature that you realize like wow this is really responsibility what i experienced then not so much right and so and so the thing is that at some point we make that transition right like however your life went you know maybe you graduated high school and just went straight to working or maybe you had four years of college in which you were very dedicated to college and you worked really hard and then got into a career after that or maybe you went to college and just kind of screwed around for four years and then you know, found a job afterward, you know, whatever, you know, those are the three main kind of routes that most people take, one of those three. Um, generally, you know, of course, everybody's a little different, but generally speaking, those are like the three kind of options, you know. Um, <clears throat> but whatever that was for you, right, or, or for most people, I should say, because I don't know you specifically, but most people, the people who I talk to, you know, one of those three things happened, right? And, and after one of those three things happened, right, they, they transition into this you know, again, the real world, right? We get a job, we, we start a family, we, we buy a house, or we buy a car, we, you know, we, we start to have financial um, responsibilities, we start to have obligations to other people, like in a family, um, we start to, you know, just kind of, we come out of the childhood, you know, sort of um, safety, right? Like, like just where everything is kind of, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have, have grown up in a place where there was relative safety as a child, now all of a sudden you're you're more responsible for yourself you know and that's the the sort of you know general trajectory that people have and so so 
<clears throat> the the stress doesn't all happen at once. That that pressure doesn't all happen at once. It kind of slowly happens, trickles little bit at a time, right? So so first you you know you have a, a a job, but you live in a house with you know four different roommates or something like that, and it's you know it's like okay you know it's a little bit of a hassle. I got to go to work every day, and I'm starting to feel a little bit of that tension, you know. But then you know you meet. Uh, a spouse, right? Somebody who eventually becomes your spouse, and now you are in a commitment, right? Now there's a little bit more of of a of a responsibility kind of level, right? And and then you know you buy a house, right? And now the house is a really big financial commitment and a responsibility. And now you have to make a certain amount of money, right? Now it's no longer about just do I have money enough to go out and hang out with my friends and you know buy beer on the weekends and stuff like that. Now it's like wow, I I have to make this money or else I'm not gonna be able to pay my mortgage and this is now a big deal right and so what happens is each one of these little steps that we take we add a little bit more of this you know kind of you know tension that cause you know but it's very very imperceptible right and then and then eventually what happens is as time goes on you have the house you have the car you have the family you know you, you're all set up and stuff and now there's a tension that comes with you know this sort of drudgery of doing the same thing every day and now you're getting like now you wish you could leave your job but you can't because you have all these responsibilities you know a lot of people start to feel something like that going on right now again I I'm speaking in very general terms here and and you specifically might have a completely different experience from what I'm describing here. But you can translate this into your own sort of, you know, uh, uh, experience to, to understand how this tends to be a gradual buildup. And that's why people don't feel like they have stress. It just feels like it's normal, right? Because they can't remember at a certain point ever feeling another way right and that's and that's really the biggest challenge here right and so and so what we can do or or what we you know the best thing we can do is to bring awareness right to understand the stress first right like like really start to you know understand the feeling of the stress that happens right now again the stressors that we experience right like life is always going to dish us out certain difficulties right it's always going to happen Right, like we, we have, you know, in whatever situation you're in in your life, right, there's going to be things that come up that are challenging, right? And how we meet those challenges is, is the degree to which we're going to experience the stress in our bodies or not, okay? Now, now let's say, okay, let, let me just illustrate how this works for you, okay? So, um, you know, st again, stress, uh, let's, really define what stress is again, right? Stress is a, a relationship, right? Between what you're experiencing on the outside and how you, you feel that you have the internal um, sort of mechanisms and capabilities to handle what it is that you're dealing with on the outside, right? And so, so, so the difference between the stress, and, and to be clear, right? The stress response, I say this all the time, I'm just gonna repeat it real quick. The stress response that we feel in our body, right, is a physical reaction or a physical response, I should say, to the external stressors that we have if we feel that these external stressors are endangering our well-being, okay? It's very transactional that way, right? But the, the stress response itself, okay, it's not, 
a, a lifestyle. It's not a, uh, uh, you know, like a, a conceptual kind of thing. It is very, very specifically a body response, right? And certain things are going to happen during this body response, okay? Your heart rate is going to increase. Your blood pressure is going to rise. Your respiratory system is going to go into hyperarousal. So you're going to breathe from your chest. You're going to breathe very, uh, very shallow and try to get as much air into your body very quickly, right? <clears throat> many systems of your body are going to shut down during the stress response, right? So your digestive system, right? The, the, you know, evolutionary, ev in evolutionary terms, right? <laughs> your body knows that it doesn't matter if you digest your lunch, if that saber-toothed tiger is going to eat you, right? Because it's gonna digest your lunch just as well as you can, right? So therefore, your body is basically turning off all the different systems of your, your you know, normal uh, operation of your body in order to get as much energy as it can to those parts of your body that are going to make help you to survive whatever it is that you are afraid of, right? Now again, the stress response therefore, right, is, is meant to, to help us to stay safe in the face of great danger. Right, like yesterday I talked about, you know, maybe you're on a tall ladder and you're worried about falling, right? Your stress response is going to get the, the blood and the oxygen into the big muscles so you can hold on tighter, right? And so you can be a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of aware of the balance point and, and, and really, you know, kind of, you know, just be bodily ready to jump if you have to, right? Um, Another situation I, I mentioned yesterday was like if you your car breaks down in the middle of a blizzard in, in you know 20 miles away from the nearest gas station, right? And you don't have a cell phone service, right? So in that case, right, your body is going to go into this this response to, to get all the blood from the internal viscera, like where it belongs in, in normal times in the middle of your body, it's gonna get all the way out to the end. So you're not gonna get as cold, you're gonna be able to, you know, walk a little bit faster, you're gonna be able to, you know, have a little bit more strength. There's a famous story uh, from the 1980s, I think it was, where uh, a 54-year-old man was at a, a, a park, a, a little playground with a bunch of little kids, and a small, like, four-year-old boy got uh, a big water main pipe rolled on top of this boy, right? And this 54-year-old man, without even thinking about it, right, he just walked, a, ran over to this pipe, and literally, without even a second thought, he just picked the pipe up, and the kid rolled out from under it, right? So, you know, of course, they called an ambulance and the ambulance, the police came and everything. And after they, the police and the ambulance got there, you know, they were like, you lifted that pipe? And he was like, yeah, it's no problem. It was like, you know, what is it, 400 pounds? I mean, yeah, it's no big deal. I mean, it was hard, but I got it, you know. They, they eventually waited. It was something like 1,800 pounds, this pipe. Right, a big, you know, water main. I think it's made of cement, like this huge thing, right? In fact, at that point, the, the guy's son, who was like 25 years old, and like two cops and an ambulance driver couldn't budge this thing. All four of these grown men trying to, you know, men in the prime of their life were, were trying to lift this thing together and they couldn't budge it, right? But this 54-year-old man just went over and lifted it up right because the stress in his body right the difference was the the four men who were trying to lift it 
they weren't under any kind of fear, right? There was no urgency to what was happening, right? But that's how much your body is going to, to you know, give you the strength that you need in the face of these really scary situations, right? So yeah, that's really helpful when we're in a situation like that, right? But many of us, like, I'm 51 years old now and I've never seen a water main pipe roll on top of a young child, right? And I'm sure many of you have not seen something like that either. I've also not been stuck in the middle of a blizzard without cell phone service. You know, so, so the, the thing is that most of us are never going to experience these kind of events in our life, right? But yet, again, 77% of American adults get into chronic stress, which means they get into that stress response almost every single day of their life, right? So that is because we're not scared of external uh, events that are life-threatening, but we're scared of, the, of the, the consequences of the external events in our life that are not physically threatening right? We're scared about our money status. We're scared about our, our, our romantic status. We're scared about our social status or we're scared about our health status, right? And so that means, right, that the, that the, you know, the external event is not even really an external event that causes the stress. What's causing the stress is the thought patterns, Right? So let me give you a great example of how this works. And, and I want to, you know, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to illustrate how there's a cycle that happens with our thoughts, our emotions, and the sensations of our body. Right? And this is where the stress response kind of comes from. Okay? So let me explain how this works. Okay? Use an example. You're driving down the road, you know, just kind of, you know, putting down the road in your car. Everything's going well. There's nothing, you know, nothing going on specifically. You know, you're just kind of spacing out. Your mind's wandering. You know, maybe the radio's on, but you've tuned that out to a degree, and your mind's just wandering. Now, as I've talked about here a lot, right? Because of the way that we are wired for survival, we all carry within us an implicit bias of negativity. Okay, and this negativity bias, what it's going to do is when all things being equal, right? If there's nothing extremely positive happening to us, or even not extremely positive, if there's nothing really positive happening to us, it's just neutral, right? Again, just sit in your car, driving along the road, nothing happening specific, right? When your mind wanders in that case, it is three times more likely, they've actually measured this, there's three times more likely to wander onto something that is negative than to something that is positive. And you, you've seen this with yourself, I'm sure, right? Like when your mind wanders, you don't generally wander to say like, oh my gosh, life is so amazing. Like that, 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 that cup of coffee I had earlier today was just the best cup of coffee ever. And the, you know, the person who bought it for me was so kind to do that, right? We don't think about that stuff, right? We think about what's going on that's wrong, right? So, so that said, right, you're, you're driving along, same scenario, and you have a thought, right? Like maybe it's a thought about a project at work that's going on, right? Or maybe it's a thought about, you know, a disagreement that you had with your, your child earlier in the day or something that your child did that really, you know, kind of made you, uh, you know, tense or anxious, right? Let, let's use that example. You know, let's say, you know, you, you, you know, you got tense and anxious because something got spilled and, and, you know, a bowl of, of cereal got spilled. I always use that because that's what kids do, right? Uh, a bowl of cereal got spilled and it, and it went onto a book, 
that you were reading, right? That that was really important, right? And um, or some papers, like some bills, right? Let's say you had some bills out on the counter and they got spilled on, and like, oh my gosh, now what am I going to do? I need those papers, right? And so so you think about this, right? And now you think about, okay, now I'm afraid because like so so you have that thought that thought is going to inspire an emotion in your body right it's going to trigger an emotion right and the emotion that that is going to trigger is one of fear right like you're worried about what's going to happen that you don't have this original paperwork anymore right because it just got ruined and you have to get a replacement you got to figure out how to deal with this right whatever it is right now there's going to be when you have that sense of fear about the loss of this paperwork whatever that is you're now gonna have a sense of, a body sensation that's gonna go with that fear, right? Now, the, the piece of paper, it could be anything, right? Maybe it's a drawing that your child did that you really wanted to keep. Maybe it's a, a, a picture that was on the, the counter that you really wanted to get framed, you know? Something like that, right? Um, just to make it realistic. <laughs> I know we don't have many original papers anymore. It's a little bit of a silly and outdated uh, kind of uh, um, <laughs> concept there, idea there. But okay, so so let's say it's a picture that you wanted to get framed, right? Now all of a sudden it's got milk spilled all over it. So now there's no use of framing that picture. Now you're thinking about, you know, gosh, I was going to give that as a gift, right? And, and, and so now I'm afraid, like what's going to happen now? I don't have that thing anymore. Right now, that that fear, that emotion of fear that you have after thinking about that thing that happened, it's a thought, right? It's not something that just happened. It's a thought about something that happened. Now you have this emotion of fear, right? And now that emotion of fear is going to trigger a, a physical response in your body. Now this is not a random response, right? It, it, your physical <clears throat> reaction to to the fear might be very different from my physical reaction to the fear, right? Like for me, fear might be in my chest, right? But for you, fear might be in your belly, right? Uh, for you, fear might be in your shoulder, your, you know, you might get sweaty palms, whatever it is, right? But that thing is going to happen, right? That thing that you always feel when you feel a sense of fear, that's gonna happen to you right then, right there, in your car as you're thinking about this thing and you feel that emotion, right? Now, that sensation, is going to send a signal back up to your brain. Okay, now there's a little, this little node inside our brains, right? And it's actually named for the Greek word of for almond, right? It's called the amygdala. Now the amygdala is about the size and shape of an almond. And I, I suspect that this, I, you know, I, I gotta find something on this, but but I wonder if this is the, the, um, the, <laughs> the very, root of the the term that we use nuts right for the brain like are you nuts right because the amygdala is the thing that makes us you know jump into action kind of makes us have an emotional you know outburst of some sort right the amygdala is known as the fear center of the brain <clears throat> okay and what the amygdala is doing is it's looking out at all times for everything you experience Right? Everything you experience on the outside as well as everything you feel, everything you think, every emotion, everything, right? And so when that, that signal from your, wherever you're feeling that fear reaches your brain, your amygdala sees it. And your amygdala, it's very twitchy and, 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 you know, and, and, and very nervous, right? Always. It's going to say, whoa, what's going on? Something is wrong here. 
right? We just had that thought, and now all of a sudden I'm in fear. So that means something's wrong. Now, of course, your amygdala is buried deep in the center of your brain, so it can't see what's going on, right? It doesn't have all the information. All it knows is that you are afraid right now. Right? And so what the amygdala does then is it sends signals out to everyone, right? And the first thing you're going to do then is you're going to have another thought, right? Because now that thought just, you know, we just stumbled onto something that, that's, that's scaring us. So now let's have another thought about that thing, right? Because the thing is that thoughts are just these passing things, right? They, they're just little uh, electric, you know, uh, you know, little chemical electric, you know, connections of neurons that, that happen. You have 60,000 of them a day, right? So they go very, very quickly, right? But this one is something that your amygdala says, uh-oh, something just happened here, right? Because it caused this physical sensation, right? So now your amygdala is gonna say, let's have another thought about that. Those same neurons, let's fire them again, right? It's not your amygdala directing that, but basically that's how it works, right? And so now you're gonna have another thought about this, this piece of paper, this, this picture that got ruined, right? And now, maybe you're thinking that, you know, well, it was your spouse that left the picture on the counter, and if that hadn't happened, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be um, uh, uh, you know, ruined right now, right? And so now, you're feeling an emotion of maybe anger as opposed to fear, right? And again, you have another sensation in your body, right? And now the, <clears throat> the amygdala picks up on that sensation. And at this point, and again, very, very quickly this is happening. Now the amygdala is absolutely sure that something is going wrong and now we're afraid, right? So now the only thing that the amygdala knows how to do is to trigger a couple of glands in your body that are going to release cortisol, adrenaline, something called norepinephrine that is going to soar through your body and it's going to create that stress response, right? Now again, because this is such an automatic process, right? We're doing it every day, all day, some of us, right? And so therefore, we don't see it coming, right? It's not like the amygdala like knocks on the door and says, uh, excuse me, did you know that you're in the stress response right now? No, no, not at all. Right? It just happens, right? And before you know it, this is what you're going through, right? So that's why the key to reducing this, because this is the kind of thing now, you know, I've just given you a, an example of, of like 10 seconds of a situation, right? But as you know, this could keep going and going and going. I mean, you know, you could go for the, for the next, you know, half hour in your car and you're just thinking about this and you're, you're just getting into this, this tension and this, this, you know, sort of, you know, ragey kind of feeling at some point, right? And, and then, you know, it could be the rest of the day. It could be the rest of tomorrow too that's gonna be affected by this, right? And again, we would just call that like, oh, I'm just in a bad mood today. You know, no, what you are, you're in the stress response. And it's, and it's within your power to not be in that stress response. Okay, now it's not going to bring the picture back. It's not going to reverse time and, and make everything okay, right? But the fact of the matter is that what your body is going through there's no picture in the world that's worth it because the problem is that that nothing you're going to do as you you try you know as you as you go through this physical you know stress and 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 the pain that it causes and ultimately the really serious health 
risks that it causes, right? 77% of American adults get into this every day, which means their heart rate, their blood pressure, their uh, oxygenation, uh, their digestive system, their immune system, all these systems are thrown off completely every day. I just had somebody uh, you know, comment on a YouTube video yesterday that at one point she internalized her fear, so her stress so much that she depleted, entirely depleted, all the vitamin B in her body. Right? Like the, the, the health risks associated with stress are absolutely no joke, right? And, and I don't care what the picture was. I don't care what the issue at work is. I don't care what the, you know, the 30-year mortgage that you're worried about or whatever it is that you're worried about. Nothing is going to change by you killing yourself with the stress response. In fact, again, your brain is not thinking the way, because one of the systems that gets shut down is your brain, right? Think about it, if you're being attacked by something, right? If, if you're getting chased by a bear, right, or whatever, you know, the last thing you wanna do is sit and think about this, right? Your, your body needs to not think, your body needs to automatically react and get the heck out of wherever you are, right? Whether that's on a ladder, being chased by an animal, uh, stuck in a blizzard, whatever the, the, the circumstances that you wanna talk about, the appropriate circumstance in which uh, stress comes in handy, right? So, so therefore your brain, you know, because your brain knows better, right? It knows that you're going to think, right? So what it does is it shuts down. Right? It just gives all the energy back to that emotional part of your brain says, okay, get us out of here. I'm going to sleep for a minute. You know, I'm gonna wake, wake me up when this is over and then I'll try to make sense of it all, right? That's what your thinking brain is doing. And so therefore, the, the, you know, you know, by getting into this stress response, we're actually taking away the resources that we could use to actually figure out how to replace the picture, how to get the work done at, at home, how to, you know, whatever it is that, that we're, we're, we're struggling with, you know, we're actually taking away the resources that we have to, to enable it to, you know, to, to figure out the solution, right? And so, so it really does work against us on every level, but most importantly, it's literally killing us, literally killing us. You know, there's so many illnesses that are related to, in fact, there's some doctors out there that say every illness that you can, even genetic illnesses, are going to be impacted by stress, right? Epigenetics says that just because you have the genes in your body uh, that predispose you to a certain disease does not mean that you're going to get that disease, right? Because epigenetics is, is the, the, you know, the concept of how, you know, similar to neuroplasticity, as we talked about, epigenetics is the, the system, and, you know, the way that your genes in your body kind of turn on and turn off. They have like little dials on them that you can like turn this one up, turn this one down. And that is strongly affected by the stress response, especially chronic stress. So the solution Right, I know this, oh my gosh, 26 minutes this video already. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. I hope you're, you're all enjoying this enough to stick around for 26 whole minutes. But anyway, um, what's the best solution here, right? The solution is to gain awareness, right? To gain awareness of the thoughts, to gain awareness of the, the emotions, and to gain awareness of our physical sensations. Right, the more awareness we can bring to this, right? I did a video the other day where I said that, you know, it's kind of like a train on the horizon, right? If you can see a train two, three miles down the track, right? Or even a half a mile down the track, right? There's nothing that train can do to hurt you, 
right? You could, you know, you could take a little nap and then get off the, the tracks in time to get out of the way of that train, right? But if you don't see that train until it's like 50 feet away, then it's the most dangerous thing that you've ever experienced, right? And you've got to get out of the way really quick or else you're going to be splattered, right? And so, so it's the same thing here. Right? Like if we can see that, that first thought right, of, of thinking about that picture that got milk spilled on it, right? and we can feel that first emotion of, of you know, fear, and we can notice that sensation in our body the first time, right? now what we have a chance to do, now there's so many different options that you have. right? Take a couple of deep belly breaths. Right? There's another practice that I've shared here before that, that involves this little tactile uh, movement of your hands. You're basically going to start your finger here. You're going to breathe in through your nose, breathe out through your mouth. In through your nose, out through your mouth. In through your nose, out through your mouth. Do that with all five fingers. And generally speaking, just doing that is going to calm you down, right? It's going to take you away from that stress response, right? Um, again, just a couple of belly breaths does it. You know, getting up and walking around, you know, just turning the radio station, getting your mind onto something else. There's just lots of different ways to do it. You don't have to be a meditator to do this, right? But meditation is a great, great, great way to bring awareness to the thoughts, the emotions, and the sensations of the body. Right? And meditation doesn't have to mean sitting in a lotus position for 20 minutes every morning and, and chanting or doing something specific. Right? There are all kinds of different ways to meditate. But many people really do get a lot of benefit out of just you know, meditating while they're doing whatever they're doing. Right? Like you can meditate while you're driving your car. You can meditate while you're washing dishes. You can meditate while you're, you know, while you're working. You know? And I can show you how. So if you'd like any information about that, if you want to learn how to bring this awareness, this really vital awareness to your, your physical sensations, your emotions, and your thoughts, and how this all works in this never-ending cycle, hit me up, okay? Send me a comment, drop me a, a, a direct message, uh, send me an email, go to my website. You can book a call with me on my website. It's really simple. I've had a bunch of people do it. It's just, I love to see that. I love getting that notice. Like, oh, somebody booked a, a call, <laughs> you know, because it's just great to connect. It really is. And that connection alone, and I can explain this to you another time, that connection alone is something that reduces the stress, right? Because when we feel like we're not alone, then we don't feel as afraid, right? So anyway, folks, I hope you enjoyed this video. I really do, and uh, I, I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, or if you would like some some information about getting into some of these, um, you know, some of these, uh, uh, you know, practices that can help you to, to deal with this, I'd be more than happy to spend, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes on the phone with you and really discuss. There's no cost involved. Okay, this is a gift. The same way that I give these videos as a gift, you know, we can just sit and we can talk as two people, and I can help you. You know, we can really get into what it is in your life that would work and I'll tell you how to do that okay it's not like I'm gonna tell you you gotta change everything and become this you know uh, yogi meditator person that you're not right like you know if you're not you're not but we can figure out something that will work for you and I'd be happy to do that for you all right everybody talk to you soon and uh, thank you for listening take care everybody